This is the Law Podcasting Podcast, where you learn how to use modern media to get your message out and more good clients to your law practice. Here's your host, Gordon Firemark. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode number 25 of the Law Podcasting Podcast. I'm the host, Gordon Firemark, and this is the show where I share information about how lawyers can use the power of podcasting to support and develop their businesses, even if they're not directly podcasting about you know, substantive legal stuff. Now, my guest today is Mark Deal, and unlike most of the – actually, all of the guests I've had on the show so far, Mark is not an attorney, but he hosts a show that focuses on attorneys and legal subjects, specifically immigration law. Mark is a veteran of the U.S. Navy after having served uh, aboard an aircraft carrier as a nuke for six years. He later joined a software startup company that was quickly acquired by General Electric. He worked at GE for over a decade holding multiple roles from engineering, product development, contract risk management, finance, sales, and marketing. He left GE to uh, co-found Foreign Investor Resource Group, which served foreign executives and entrepreneurs invent excuse me, investors and immigration attorneys, uh, through business documentation and consultant, uh, consultant, excuse me, <laughs> easy for me to say consultation. Mark <laughs> holds an electrical engineering degree from old dominion university and an MBA from Emory. He lives in Atlanta with his wife and two young kids and continues to serve immigration attorneys across the nation. Mark is the content director for U.S. Immigration Media, which is a media platform for attorney guest blog posts, a podcast focusing on an attorney at a time, web panels featuring multiple lawyers, and he's starting to host webinars featuring immigration attorneys. He also builds client attraction, engagement, and productivity systems for the same community. So we're here today to talk about podcasting, and we're going to focus on Mark's show, The U.S. Immigration Podcast. Mark Deal, thanks for being with us. Gordon Firemark, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> How did you go from military and engineering and financing and to finding the law podcasting world? Well, you know, it just took me a really long time to grow up. In fact, I just hit uh, 40 years old um, a few weeks ago, and I'm still waiting for that day where I grow up and, and know what I want to do. <laughs> I'm nine years ahead of you. I haven't gotten there myself. So, All right, then. All right. So we're in good company. <laughs> yeah. So when did you get this podcast started? I started about a year ago, uh, April of 2014. Mm -hmm. And, and um, let's talk a little bit about the techie geeky stuff. Did you do this yourself or did you have some help setting up? I did it mostly myself. That being said, there's a lot of people uh, smarter than me uh, around a foreign investor resource group where I worked at the time that was helping me out whenever I hit a brick wall. So I, I tried to do a lot of things myself. And when I couldn't do things quickly and efficiently, I knew how, who to reach out to, to to help me out. Okay. So, you know, I read uh, your, your introduction, and, but, but fell us in. Tell us a little bit about the U.S. Immigration Podcast, what it is, what the format, and, and what the intention behind it is. Sure. Uh, much like your show, it's an interview-based show. Uh, the, the difference is, uh, well, I'm not an attorney, as you mentioned, but I feature immigration attorneys and other immigration service providers and other attorneys that service the immigration community, whether it's alongside a, uh, an immigration attorney or, or, or whomever. Uh, so it's an interview-based show, but I don't position myself as the expert because I'm not the expert. In fact, I, I'm legally prohibited from <laughs> offering legal advice. And I think that's what makes my show so unique, so compelling, because I always have somebody on that, that's smarter than me that can, uh, that can give the advice. And they can also uh, help people with their, their legal needs. So I think through that and just having that, that little unique twist on the, the typical legal podcast, mm -hmm. 
um, it, it's really uh, it's really blown up, and it's been really it's it's been a fun roller coaster ride. So, um, is what's the business model? Is the idea that it supports your business, or is it to drive business to the attorneys that you're interviewing, or both? Sure. Well, the, the idea has shifted a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, a year ago when I started, I was with Foreign Investor Resource Group. And at the time, we were serving, as you mentioned, uh, foreign executives, uh, inventors, <laughs> investors as well, <laughs> and, uh, and, and immigrants, and, and working alongside immigration attorneys to help them with their documentation. There, there's the uh, legal immigration side of it, and there's like the, the business substantiation piece of it. And, and that's what our firm did. And I, I realized that... Um, working alongside immigration attorneys, they really didn't have a channel in which to, to get their information out there. Mm-hmm. So that was, uh, that was the, that was the reason that we started the podcast was to really highlight some of that information. Now that having been said, it's really opened up my eyes to, to a broader need within the, uh, within the immigration community. So since then I've left foreign investor resource group and now we're expanding the, the podcast to include uh, written blogs by other immigration attorneys, as well as these uh, video web panels, as you spoke about. So now the business model is really uh, featuring the, the immigration attorneys as well as helping them uh, with the, uh, uh, most of it for free, and of course, we've got some premium tools if they really want to up their game as far as uh, you know engagement systems and uh, and content delivery. Mm-hmm. So, so the idea is uh, uh, people are searching for information about how do I get my visa or or what do I need to worry about if I'm marrying a foreign national or something like that, and so they're going to come to the U.S. Immigration Media site and find that information and sort of by association because this blog post or this podcast featured a particular lawyer who might be suited to the job, that would be the the way it works? That could be. Now, with immigration law, it's somewhat unique because it's federal law, right? So an immigration attorney isn't really restricted by their state boundaries. So you could have, for example, I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia, and an immigration attorney in Atlanta, Georgia could serve a foreign national that's currently residing in North Dakota. That being said, the the business model with most of the immigration community is still relatively old. So most people uh, serve their their local community, just like I'm sure many of your listeners do as well. So by providing content, whether it's specialized in one particular unique aspect of immigration, wherever they they happen to be situated, uh, that information could serve uh, either them or or somebody else in in another community. And of course, that uh, an attorney in that community could basically pick up the lead and carry it on from there. So it's really just an open collaboration and open sharing of ideas, information, and, and certainly passion through our U.S. immigration media platform where foreign nationals find the information that uh, that they're looking for. And if they need immigration attorney help, well, they know where to look for that as well. Okay. And so is, is uh, uh, U.S. immigration media also acting as a directory or referral service or anything like that? We're not acting as a uh, referral service or really as a directory, as a monetized directory. In fact, that's one of the positionings. There's obviously uh, legal directories out there that sure. people can list themselves for for free. And in fact, you can pay to have your your listing, uh, I guess, uh, pre- featured prominently. Uh, that being said, the feedback I've gotten from a lot of uh, lawyers, and you've probably heard the same, Gordon, is that uh, the quality of those leads can be pretty low. <laughs> yeah. uh, you've got somebody who's reaching out to you on your expertise as a lawyer, yet they're trying to quote you down as a plumber. So yeah. that's not a business model I choose to replicate. Fair enough. <laughs> I like the way you think. <laughs> Thanks. So what are, back to the podcast. What, what are some of the hurdles that you had to overcome in getting set up and, and, uh, 
Sure. Well, first and foremost, I hated the sound of my voice. Uh, I don't know if, if you felt the same way when you started uh, podcasting, but I think a lot of people, when they, when they would sit down and record their thoughts, whether it's scripted out or an outline or just totally free form, when they listen to it later, like, ooh, did, did I sound that bad? Uh, you know, <laughs> you know, how many times did I say, um, uh, um, uh, you know, those sorts of things? And, and these were really challenges I had to get over. And I just told myself, hey, just do it. And now, you know, a few dozen episodes later, as far as the ones that are published and, and a lot of other content uh, floating around there and being on other people's shows, I've gotten over it. So that was one I guess, psychological barrier. Mm -hmm. And the technological barrier, <laughs> there's a lot of technology to it, right? There's different microphones and cables and plugs and hooks. And I think initially, uh, maybe because my budget supported it, uh, I, I went in a little too deep. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get this and that and the, the other thing. And I honestly bought a lot of equipment that uh, I, I don't need. And in fact, some of it I, I still don't use. <laughs> so let's talk about the gear for a second. What do you use? What is your current setup? Sure. I've got a couple different setups. Uh, currently, I'm on a, uh, a clone of an SM58, mm -hmm. and it's just XLR connected to a, a, a mic preamp uh, processor. It's the um, DBX. Um, okay. I, I forgot the designation of it. But, but basically, it's like Photoshop for your voice. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you have it set correctly, which right now it may not be because I was moving around earlier, it, it, it sounds pretty good. I had a mixer. I, I tossed that because um, it wasn't a USB mixer. So I was going in through the, the sound card. And mm -hmm. uh, since I, I do most of my stuff off a laptop, it introduced more errors, sure. you know, it, more problems than it, it solved. Okay. So, yeah, SM58 into a preamp uh, and then directly into the uh, the computer. So the preamp is a, is a USB connected? No, actually, oh. that is a, that's a audio connection, a okay. three and a half millimeter. It's not a USB. I wish they had a USB model, and I, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. But I noticed to go from uh, XLR from the mic into the preamp and then to go three and a half millimeter into... Yeah. The, the computer wasn't as bad as when I went through essentially a cheap mixer. So right. I could have gone audio into uh, either a better mixer with a, a digital connection, USB. Sure. I, I would have felt more comfortable with that. But by that time, I had bought a few microphones and what have you. I also love the ATR2100. Yeah. I, for me, I can't tell the difference between the sound coming from that mic and, and this mic. And the, the range of inputs of that is, uh, is really nice. So yeah. that's the, the mic I take for traveling and for conferences and you stuff. Know, for 60, 70 bucks, that's a great, a great mic for, you know, most podcasts. It's the one I recommend for my, uh, uh, my course participants. And, uh, you know, sure. If you want to get a little more production value and, and frankly, production technology involved and you know be able to do a little more with it uh it's nice to have the mixer but the nice thing is the atr 2100 actually will plug into a mixer or an you know right. or the preamp that you're talking about those kinds of things so yeah in fact it'll do those uh simultaneously one of the things i like about the atr 2100 is it also makes for a good microphone if you're doing a a video or some type mm -hmm. of a, a webcast because if you're plugging up through usb you can also plug up your headphones into yep. into the mic which most standard microphones you can't do that so so that means now you can back away from the camera, back away from everything else, listen to people speak, and it's not going to come through through the microphone. Yet you don't have all this other you know wires and equipment uh, hanging around. So yeah, I, I love the ATR twenty one hundred. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, talk about the workflow uh, when you produce your podcast. So the, so the format is it all, it's always an interview. I think I've heard one or two where it was just you sort of I, giving a state I, of the podcast. 
kind of yeah, thing. I've had a few monologues. One was says I've done a state of the podcast. In fact, we're about to release another state of the podcast because mm-hmm. it, it's been about a year. We're about to launch this expansion okay. uh, to, to the media platform. And I've done a couple of others where I've been the, the expert within business immigration, more focusing on the business end, you know, with my MBA and, sure. and doing hundreds of deals with millions of dollars and all this other sorts of stuff within immigration. But uh, yeah, my workflow with the, an interview uh, for me, there's a little uh, work upstream in that. First, I have to identify the guests. I have to make sure that uh, they know what they're they're talking about, that they have uh, the information, they have some passion. And then I, I give them a link, uh, much like you do, where I say, hey, uh, you know, here's some times where I do my podcast mm-hmm. recordings. And uh, and they give me a little bit uh, more information on them. Uh, so it, it makes that, uh, that transition a little easier. Great. I do my interviews via Skype. Uh, we record on a couple different channels, and then from there we go into uh, to post editing. Okay, and you do the post yourself, or do you outsource that? Uh, it really depends on, on who's available. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. So the big objection that most lawyers, when we start talking about podcasting as a as a tool for marketing our practices, is the time consumption that it involves. Um, how much time do you figure you spend putting together an episode of your show? An episode of my show, we'll go ahead and round up to about an hour. I think really we run about 40 minutes, but you know the, the hours make it, uh, make it pretty easy. I target a ratio of four to one, so four hours of total involvement for every uh, one hour or every one show. Oh, okay. Uh, so, but I've, I've noticed that on some shows, in fact, my 4th of July episode last year, that, that special episode where we were doing the history of immigration and you know, incorporating other media elements and stuff, I did about 12 hours on wow. that show. And uh, yeah, that, that was a lot. And I will say that uh, there's certainly ways to streamline the, the workflow. Uh, yeah. the, the most important thing, uh, I, I hate to say this, but the, the most important thing isn't so much you know, who's on what track and, and how the faders are and, and how everything you have set up, especially you know, I, I don't do uh, sponsorships on my show. And, mm-hmm. and I imagine uh, um, you know, many attorneys that want to get into this, they don't want to start a podcast to, you know, sponsor or to, to have sponsorships for other people they want to host it's their, their law firm sponsoring exactly yeah, exactly so uh yeah i found that the, the return on that uh, as far as like the, the amount of hours that, that went into that production was uh, was pretty high but that being said that mm-hmm. that was a particularly fun episode to do so that's a really long drawn out answer to your question i target <laughs> four to one so about four hours for for every episode mm-hmm. but sometimes i can get up there to uh, to about eight because as a non-legal expert, I sometimes have to track down uh, uh, the right information yeah. if it's presented uh, on the show and to make sure that the, the closing call to actions, because not only do I like to feature my immigration attorney guest or you know whatever immigration leader I happen to have on, mm-hmm. but I like to promote them too. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll talk with them about, hey, you know, how would you like to position this? What are some things that you'd like to, uh, to insert in here? Yeah. You know, let's talk about some co-promotion strategies. And, and for me, I found that the biggest uh, reward uh, or at least return on that time investment is the promotion afterwards, whether you're doing it through social media or the podcast channels mm-hmm. like iTunes or or what have you. Have you had feedback from the lawyers you feature on whether that's effective for them? Are they getting the, the bump? Oh, oh, not only that, but I, I had to measure, right? So from first and foremost, uh, you know, being an MBA and, a, and an engineer in the background, oh, I, of course, I should have thought of trust that. anecdotal information. So one of the things I did differently on my show uh, and just to make it easier for for my my guest, or not so much my guest, but really my audience, right? Because yeah. we're already talking about foreign nationals that may or may not speak English. So I made the calls to action very similar on each episode, mm-hmm. and that was not so much to reach out to this person on Twitter or follow them. Um, 
or you know, friend them on Facebook, yeah. connect with them on LinkedIn, go to go to this page, that page. What I did at the obviously I had a show notes page on the website, and at mm-hmm. the bottom of that, I had a contact form that reached directly out to. Uh, to that featured guest. So oh, the call okay. to action was always, you know, if you would like to to reach this particular attorney and perhaps book a, you know, 30 minute initial consultation, sometimes they offer it uh, free for limited time only for, for our audience. They could do that through the form and it made it simple for my featured guests. Cause again, I want to make it easy for them. And it also streamlines the inputs and where they get to lead. So that being said, Yes, I really was able to measure the amounts of uh, the impressions, uh, the listens, the downloads and the leads. Okay, very cool. And and you're seeing the numbers make sense for these people. They do. And you know, of course, being my, my engineer or engineering <laughs> background and statistician, sometimes I'll do experiments like, all right, let me put the call to action here. Let me do something here. Let me focus something on business immigration. Let me mm-hmm. focus something on family immigration. So that way I can work out uh, almost a formula of, of what works and what doesn't. Okay, good. So what is it about the medium that you think makes it effective for this kind of marketing? Well, I think especially for, let's talk about it, attorneys, right? And mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about. You, you know, you're, as I said before, you're not hiring a plumber. You're, you're hiring, uh, hopefully, an, an experienced attorney. Yeah. So this is somebody that's not going to just uh, fill out paperwork for you or you know, stand up in yeah. court and say, I object or something. This is really somebody that's going to be an advocate mm-hmm. and perhaps even a personal advocate for, for you and, well, in the cases of immigration, even your family and extended family. Mm-hmm. So I really like the fact that on a podcast, you can connect somebody's uh, voice and their passion and, and even their inflections uh, to the information they provide. So not only are you starting to, to learn a little bit more about one particular aspect of, uh, of the legal field, but you're also starting to trust the person that is giving this information. And ultimately, I think that's what high-end service providers, what, for example, uh, attorneys, uh, really uh, really need because, well, it's, it's that deep connection you, you you need with somebody. And, and it's kind of hard to get that on a blog post. In fact, I've done measurements on the types of traffic we've gotten from blog posts and the types of traffic we've gotten from podcasts. And blogs are higher than podcasts. But the level of engagements that we've gotten off podcasts have been much higher than the blog posts. When you say engagements, what do you mean? Sure. So... Uh, a blog post, they start to understand a little bit too. You start to develop a little bit of trust, a little mm-hmm. bit of relationship there. But as far as the, the, the value offering, when they, they ask, hey, you have this product or you have this service, I would like, uh, I would like to partake of it. Um, but perhaps it's not within my budget or mm-hmm. I really don't understand the difference between this and that. Uh, but with a podcast, I've noticed not only do, uh, do people uh, buy more in higher packages and, and higher levels uh, of engagement, but the sales process isn't so much about, hey, I, I need to buy this from you. It's like, oh, hey, uh, you know, Mark Deal, I, I heard your voice on your show. Mm-hmm. You interviewed this person and that person. I already have a level of trust with you. Let's find out, uh, you know, how, you know, you know, really how my problem can fit within some of the solutions you provide. So it becomes a discussion of, you know, how can I really help you vice, uh, you know, I really see. let's quoting out things. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think the answer to that is that a blog post generally is a two to five minute read and a podcast episode is, you know, 20, 30 minutes of, or more of listening time where you're in the earbuds and, and your voice is going into that ear, those ears and, and making a much stronger kind of a connection. It's one, you know, I don't, I, I read blog posts. I don't even look at who wrote them, <laughs> <You know? laughs> but when you're hearing an interview with somebody, you're, you're getting to know that person, right? 
Exactly, exactly. And who knows with a, you know when you're listening to a podcast, what direction it may go, where a blog has obviously been you know edited very heavily and they're following these outlines. and uh, so you kind of know where it's going to go. But uh, a podcast, you know if you're listening to a podcast, for example, you and I, you know here we are uh, talking on, on your show sure. and, and we're in the earbuds, as you mentioned, uh, of somebody that's listening to the show. Well, this is totally unscripted. and and where this conversation goes, uh, you know, we may not know, but we may stumble upon something that is of terrific value that, that's only on this podcast. But yeah, that's really hard to cultivate such organic discovery in a blog post itself. Sure. Yeah. Well, one of the nice things about, about uh, I don't know if you're doing this or not, but a, a number of podcasters now are having their episodes transcribed so they can be read along with, you know, either listened or read on the website. And uh, that also adds to the search engine value of, of podcasting as well. So are you doing any of that? No, I think there's a trade-off on that. So, for example, uh, we'll do we'll do outlines. Basically, say you know we talked about this, we talked about that. Here's some of the pluses and minuses. Here's grab some the, the highlights. Points. Yeah. Grab the highlights, right? And and obviously we'll. You know, go into the whole SEO. I, I hate the term SEO just mm. because I'm sure, like, uh, uh, like you, at least once a week or maybe once a day, you get emails from a so-called SEO experts. But <laughs> I know a what week, it, three times a day. Come on, exactly. There you go. <laughs> so um, I, I know where to put the information in as far as like the, the meta tags yeah. and those sorts of things, and I know how to, to word the transcript such that uh, you know to really pull out and highlight the relevant information. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't honestly. I don't put the investment into having my show transcribed into well these these written transcripts. So I'd yeah. much rather people listen to the show, follow along with the outline, and uh, you know, hey, maybe click on something. Uh, sure. Maybe if I'm advertising something, click on something that that you like, and still listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So talk about favorite moments. What, what's the favorite moment so far in the in the podcasting experience? Wow. Um, yeah, I don't want to name any names, but there were a couple people within the immigration community. Because keep in mind, I came from the aspect of a vendor, right? Mm-hmm. I was somebody who sold something to immigration attorneys. Yeah. So to get a chance to talk to some of the attorneys that, quite honestly, I respected what they did was hard because, well, I was seen as a vendor. But when I launched this podcast, that allowed me to, to have these conversations with people like, look, I'm not trying to sell you anything or, or what have you. It's like, let's really talk about this particular aspect. And I want you, you know, vice giving money to me or whatever. I was like, I want you to deliver passion, information and value to, to my audience. Mm-hmm. And I've had a couple of uh, breakthroughs with, with attorneys that, that I now call friends uh, because of the podcast. So, um, yeah, I, I don't want to like, you know, point any one particular person out, but there were a couple people that were really hard to talk to mm-hmm. uh, until I started a podcast. And, and now, yeah, I, I'm happy to call them friends. Well, I think that's great. I think that's actually one of the one of the best reasons to do podcasting. And you know, if you're if you're uh, this, I'm going to go off on a tangent for a second, but if you're a lawyer who practices in a particular area, and you decide that you're going to interview thought leaders, business leaders in that field, some of those people might be very good prospective clients for you. But they're, you're not going to cold call them, and well, most of us aren't going to cold call the CEO of a company that's in our in our market and just say, hey, I want to talk to you about you know, about business and maybe we can find a way to work together. You're not going to get past the secretary with that. But if you say, Hey, I want to interview him for a podcast. Guess what? They're going to take the call and they're going to get to know you as the lawyer. So I think it's one of the great reasons to do a podcast or, you know, detailed blog interviews or whatever, writing articles, you get an opportunity, you have that, I won't call it a pretense, but it's a, it's a reason to invite uh, a connection 
that doesn't come out, come off as the vendor asking for <laughs> for you know the business. So exactly, and not only that, but they remember you as as someone who they had an intimate discussion with, and mm-hmm. perhaps promoted themselves or their company, their business, their firm, what have you. Mm-hmm. Not so much a, as a vendor. So I never ask somebody like, "Hey, would you like to buy this or you know buy that?" as as a featured guest of my show, because again, their information, their passion, their knowledge is, is payment enough. Sure, but they do remember me and. You know, obviously, I get referrals from from people that have either been on, or people that know of others that have been on, or mm-hmm. what have you, just off those personal relationships. So, yeah, it's, I definitely would uh, resonate with that. Okay, so uh, good moments, great. So, what about the nightmares? Any any bad? <laughs> Yeah, there's one episode. Uh, again, I don't want to really point uh, point my finger to it. I had a great guest on, and and she was talking about a subject that uh, well happens quite often on my show that I don't know too much about. <laughs> but uh, and and we went off on a delicious tangent, and it was a lot of fun. And I, what I did was uh, in, in editing, I I had the editors uh, cut that part out. And then, you know, listening to that show, I'm like, wow, we, we lost a lot of that, that feeling, that, that organic discovery mm-hmm. that happens in these interview-based shows that is now lost. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's one moment where I'm like, man, you know, that episode could have been a thousand times better if I just would have left that other part in. So sometimes, you know, the, the editing, uh, you know, you talk about analysis paralysis with mm-hmm. financial types. But, yeah, if you get deep into the editing of like, oh, I want to cut this out, I want to cut that out, you could really lose. Uh, like I said, some of that organic discovery that happens on a, on a podcast. So I, I learned my lesson in that one. Did you consider putting it back in and republishing the episode or anything like that? I hadn't. I, I moved on. Um, okay. And that's something else I, I somewhat learned is like, you, you, you got to keep moving on. Yeah. So if I was trying to you know make that episode better, well, let me have somebody else on and, and target something else. Uh, I, I did, I will say that I, I did reach out to that attorney and uh, say, hey, um, you know, I, we edit it this way. I, you know, looking back, I kind of disagree with that, that editing decision. Um, is, is there any way, other way I can help you out? And in fact, um, you know, because of my platforms and stuff, I get a lot of yeah. uh, foreign nationals that need legal representation that, that I can't help out with. And I often give those, uh, refer them out to attorneys. And again, I can't charge for that because, well, you legally can't. Right. Uh, so I'm like, look, I've got somebody who uh, is, uh, is immigrating to your area. They need this kind of help, um, you know, uh, here you go. Please help him out. And again, sorry. So uh, she was okay with it. <laughs> yeah, cool. You know, I mean, hey, it, first of all, let's face it. Nobody ever uh, – I've never met an ego that didn't enjoy being invited to – uh, showcase itself. <laughs> so it's one of the, I think I took it more, uh, more hard than anybody else. It was early on the show and I thought it was all about editing, editing, editing. And mm-hmm. now it's, it's all really about the interview, the discussion you have with somebody and the discoveries that happen in that discussion and then make that known to the world. What is your editorial philosophy now? I mean, do you do the ums and ahs or do you leave those in? I, for the most part, I leave them in. Okay. Uh, I, I've had a few guests that just, uh, quite honestly, are not public speakers, and mm-hmm. to edit all the ums and ahs uh, <laughs> is hard. Sure. Now, I I have adopted a new policy. For the first five minutes, cut out the ums and ahs uh, because uh, th- that's that's a critical time. That you know, if you look at your your podcast you know, listing statistics on the the streaming services sure. like uh, Stitcher or whatever, mm-hmm. you, you'll see where, where people start to drop off and, and maybe find out why. Uh, so the first five minutes, if I've got a, a really hard uh, guest or you know something where it's just not. I'll focus most of my editorial 
you know, taking out the ums and ahs or, or any, any other types of fubs on, on that five minutes. And then the rest, just let it go. I mean, I do have a safety word within my podcast mm-hmm. that uh, featured guests can use, and then they know that all right, we're we're off, uh, you know, we're off the recorder. Uh, you know, what's your question? So I think that safety net um, makes them feel a little bit more comfortable. Oh, that's again, an interesting I, idea. Yeah, I, I inter- well, I interview attorneys, and I know you know you're preaching to attorneys that uh, may want or probably should have shows of their own. Mm-hmm. Where I'm reaching out to attorneys that are somewhat new to the concept, so I, I've given them a lot of safety nets in which to to feel comfortable. Okay, that's cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pump you for more information about how you handle that. Uh, all right, when we're all sounds fine. great. But, but uh, so, bottom line, would you say that podcasting is a useful tool for lawyers who want to market their businesses? I mean, it is a useful tool. I would not say it's the useful tool, and I will say that there's a lot more time involved in podcasting than it may just seem. Hey, let's get two people on, or let me you know turn on the microphone and just do a monologue myself, unscripted, or perhaps follow an outline. So, I, I would say if people are uh, you know interested in doing this, uh, first grab the strongest informational resource you can, because it will save you a lot of time. And Gordon, I, I know you've got great stuff in, in that remark. So certainly <laughs> check that out. Yeah. But, what Mark's referring to is I have a, uh, what he referred to as a one and done, I call it a, a live to drive uh, workflow that basically, you know, when we finish the recording, I press stop and, and uh, within a few minutes we're, we're up and going with an episode. So um, different, philosophies, obviously, and different ways of doing things. Well, and and now I'm more gravitating towards that. But Mm -hmm. what I would say is if you're interested in it, uh, certainly reach out and find other people that are podcasting that you could perhaps deliver real information and real value to Mm -hmm. and get on a few of those shows. And if you like it, you get addicted. Yeah. Start a show of your own. That's a great advice. Getting on uh, guesting on other people's shows uh, is a great way to get your feet wet in this. So has there... uh, Anything else you want to share with us? Uh, What's the experience been like for you? Oh, it's good. It's so much so that uh, I, I now see that podcasting is a small portion of, you know, really the overall, you know, internet, social media, you know, getting your, yourself out there so that I, I've got a bunch of old blog posts emerging into this new media platform. And now I'm excited to announce that we're doing these video web panels where I'm featuring up to three attorneys from geographically distinct areas, mm-hmm. but talk about one topic. And, and that's something I'm excited about. So as podcasting was to me a year ago, and I'm going to keep the podcast I'm doing it every two weeks now but then do these uh these video panels every every couple of weeks and uh, well we're going to see what we can learn from there okay well hey thank you for this terrific interview i've learned a tremendous amount from you and your philosophy and uh, you piqued my interest about a few things i'm sure the listeners have gotten a lot of value as well so uh thank you i'm grateful all right thanks for having me on gordon well how can our listeners reach you uh, especially if you're an immigration attorney and you think you have something to offer <laughs> Sure. Well, you can head on over to usimmigrationmedia.com. And in fact, I'll go ahead and set up a little landing page just for your listeners, Gordon. So if you head on over to usimmigrationmedia.com slash Gordon, I'll talk a little bit about the show and I'll talk about how you can come on either my podcast or my panel and perhaps get your feet a little wet. Fantastic. So it's usimmigrationpodcast.com. And... um Fantastic. Well, thank you also to our listeners. I hope you'll take a moment to send us your comments and suggestions on the website over at lawpodcaster.com. And if you wouldn't mind giving us an honest review in the iTunes store and wherever else you uh, might choose to listen and have those opportunities, I will be very grateful for that as well. And um, that's going to about wrap it up for this episode of the Law Podcasting Podcast. 
If you're interested in podcasting for your practice, please visit lawpodcasting.com. I'll send you a free podcasting resource guide, and we have a set of videos available that uh, share how podcasting can fit into your strategy, and that'll be it. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, keep on podcasting.